This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. In this episode, we will be discussing some of the choices made in Black Mirror Bandersnatch. You have been warned. Welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the podcast where we discuss and analyse all things Black Mirror. Today, we have a treat. We're sitting down with actor Craig Parkinson, who plays Pete Butler, Stefan's dad, but is also known for the probation officer Sean in Misfits and Matthew Cotton in Line of Duty, among many other roles. Craig, how are you? I'm very good. I'm just having a nice lemon and ginger tea. (laughs) (laughs) Smells lovely. Um, So we've got some questions we're going to go through. Um, How familiar were you with Black Mirror, um, you know, before it? Yeah, I'd seen I'd seen a few, yeah. um, and then for some reason, a week before I got a phone call, I watched Metalhead. Uh, Weirdly, yeah, that good was David, choice. Who, yeah, who yeah, directed yeah. Bandersnatch, um, and I thought visually it was just like something else. Yeah, um, yeah. So I knew the world, and I knew obviously I was a big fan of Charlie's work outside of Black Mirror as well. Um, so yeah, I I I, I like the world. I thought it was very intriguing. It was it was always doing something different to other television programs and pushing more boundaries mm. and upsetting more people. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any sort of preconceived ideas, especially that you said you just saw Metalhead mm. and you knew it was David Slade? Did you think it was going to be you know more stylized or what? As in Bandersnatch? Yeah. N- well, no, because. You know, it took me a long time getting my head around the actual script. <laughs> when I got sent the the, the PDF um, script, it was like bloody war and peace. I mean, it was so, it was like something from a beautiful mind. It was like maths, and oh, it was just I could not get my head around it. At to all. someone, this makes sense, but to me now, no, not at all. It's probably to one person, maybe not even Charlie at that point. <laughs> and then there was a version of the Twine version, which mm. was much easier to read on your iPad because you made the choices as you went along. Right. Um, so no, I didn't have any preconceived ideas because I was so <laughs> wrapped up in the in the actual story and all the different stories in mm. it. Um, yeah, you have to put all your preconceived preconceptions away to be honest yeah, I suppose you have to as an actor um, yeah. do you have a favourite episode at all or of, of Black Mirror yeah well no not really you can say Bandersnatch it's no, alright I, I haven't even seen it yet I, <laughs> so I can't tell you um, I don't watch a lot of my stuff I heard so yeah. it's it's quite easy for me to step away um, no I think what I love about about Black Mirror is the actual concept that you can dip in and out. Yeah. You don't have to follow a certain path. You don't have to start this episode and follow it on. So you can just dip it. That's why it's so good that I haven't seen them all. That mm-hmm. I can now go back when I can when I want to and check in and out. What was the one with Joe Cole? And it was the it was the dating one. What oh, was that one? What was um... that called? No, 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 no. The the the, the dating app. Oh god, I feel like an idiot now because I should know. I should have an encyclopedic knowledge. You of this, really should. But I know that one. <laughs> um, I, I really love that one. For, it's fairly recent. I, one, I yeah. love the concept, and and I thought everybody was fantastic in it. Yeah. And, I, and you'll know the one I mean. What was the one about the the young lad 
when it with the computer and we all thought that he was getting blackmailed for watching oh. porn. Yeah, shut up and dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut yeah. up and dance. That blew that, my mind. Yeah, that was messed up. Yeah. I, I mean, they were all... <laughs> I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah I love that. Hang the, D- hang oh, the DJ. Oh, it's a... Of course it's Hang the DJ. I should have known um, Yeah, I, those, those two really, really stuck with me. Mm, brilliant. Um, how did you get involved with Bandersnatch? And uh, how early did you know that, you know, it was part of the, you know, Black Mirror? Um... Like, did they just say it's a project called Bandersnatch, or did they go, "Oh, it's Black Mirror"? Bandersnatch? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Bandersnatch when I first got the call. So, I, I was in London, and I was I'd had set up a few days of when I'm not acting, I'd do a podcast, and I was recording three or four episodes of my podcast in one day because I try have to try and get a lot of people in and get people's availability, and uh, and then I got a phone call saying, "Can you get down to Ealing Studios at such and such a time today?" Um, to meet with David and it's Black Mirror, and I went right. Okay, <laughs> can I read something? Yeah, you've got to sign all this. So you have to sign everything first before, obviously, they sent you the the big old <laughs> thick War and Peace script that I had to get through. Um, so I had to cancel a few, a couple of podcasts because I needed to focus on that. And then uh, I went down and met David, and I think Annabelle was there. On the day, Charlie wasn't there on mm-hmm. that day. And then me and David just had a big old discussion and he was being really helpful and filling in lots of blanks because I'd, I'd only just finished getting through it by wow. the time I got to Ealing. <laughs> so you had lots of questions for him. I, well, my mind was kind of blown. I was just letting him talk at me, really. Yeah. And I thought this is going to take some time to uh, sort of compartmentalise and get together. Was that why it's sort of tantalising as an actor to see something like, that's that well to be honest if someone says black mirror (laughs) you know any actor's just going to jump at it to be honest yeah fair enough so how much did they tell you about the concept so i I guess they did they told you well yeah they told us everything so you knew that it was interactive did you know like all the yeah you knew the choices when someone says that you go you're going to be doing something that nobody's ever done before (laughs) um but I was, you know, some people would say, oh, I might get a bit worried about that. But I was never worried for a second. Really? No, there was such positivity on set from everybody. And everybody worked their socks off. Mm. Um, but it was such an enjoyable experience. Because you just go, this isn't like any of anything I've ever done before or will probably ever do again. So people were jumping in with both feet. And David was such a brilliant orchestra um, orchestrator yeah. as, a di- as a director um, because he had a lot to think about yeah he had to concentrate on what a normal director would do would be the shots and the acting and telling the story yeah and then he had to throw that all away and go right well which ending are we doing now where's my head so you were constantly you never had time to switch off basically because you were constantly thinking where we are what version of this are we doing who who am I? Who are at you? This yeah, because you're constantly I, someone am, different. Am I one person here? I'm, why am I locking this door? <laughs> <laughs> why am I traumatizing this poor seven-year-old kid in this lab? Um, yeah, it, but the uh, all in all, just fucking great fun. Can I swear? Just done it. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it was great fun. Great fun. 
brilliant and, and lovely people was there anything in the script even when you were first looking at other than the concept was there anything you were like oh i look forward to doing that scene or any scene you were like or, or trepidations about Honestly, anything you were nervous I'm not just saying it looking forward to it all and brilliant. diving in and just working with brilliant people and because it was such a small cast yeah you know finn will alice asim all brilliant people and i've known alice for, for quite a long time we worked mm. together years ago so when I knew that Alice was doing it, I was a big fan of, of Will as well. So yeah, it was just, it was just really exciting. <laughs> and after 21 years of being an actor, mm. you want to look for excitement and passion from people. And there was a lot of passion and a lot of excitement on it, you know. So yeah, it was an absolute joy. And as an actor, how do you sort of approach a role? Or did you have to modify your approach for Bandersnatch? Because you've got, so, you've essentially got so many, you're one character, but really you're several characters. Yeah, Um very good question. <laughs> well, I kind of approach everything the same. Okay. I mean, it's not one of those jobs where you can go off and go and do a bit of research about it. Nothing like that. Or just Google, Google uh, multiple dimensions. Um, so, yeah, you just have to go in. And I, I kind of broke it up. I would really... F- you can't focus on everything on this because it's, you know, the mm. world is just too big. So you have to f- split it up into little sections of okay. what we were focusing on here. Um, is it, you know, four days where I'm getting my head stoved in, stoved in with an ashtray? Is it going to be on those days? Is it going to be quite technical because there's a lot of prosthetic work? Um, so, yeah, it's just about breaking it up and focusing on what you were doing for that certain week. And then when you've done that, then great, you can start to move on. Brilliant. And and you think that sort of helped your performance, being able to just focus on like today I'm programming control, <laughs> tomorrow I'm yeah, I don't know murder it, victim. I don't know whether it helped my performance because I, I wouldn't really think outside of that. Yeah, that I would just kind of focus on what I was doing then and making sure I could do that to the to the best of my ability with what I, I, I've been given and who I was working with. Is it Did that make any sense at all? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, totally. sometimes, you know, sometimes I just ramble on so much sometimes. It's great. That's how you get these like nuggets of awesomeness. That's why podcasts are so great. Yes. <laughs> um, is it difficult like tracking, you know, keeping track of, of basically where you're supposed to be? Um, yeah, I think it was when it got to the final two weeks and, you know, you'd been there for a good amount of time now you're talking like about five five weeks or something mm. and you're fully immersed in this world but then you're jumping you're jumping time zones and you're going right where are I? i'm in 18 right now i'm going back in time now right i'm in a parallel dimension now of this story so there was one time when i was doing a couple of days of, of, of the lab stuff yeah with the very and it's there's there's no there's no dialogue yeah. but it's still very very dark and there was a real dark sense even mm. on set because we were in this this set and it was really it was really grim mm. but so clinical mm. at the same time so it really worked for that um See, I've gone off on one. What was your question? No, that's fine. <laughs> it was it was more about yeah, just like keeping track of who you were and what. Space yeah, I and think, stuff. but I think just going back to my early, earlier answer, I think breaking it up yeah. really, really helped. Um, but today, I've got a day of being kicked in the balls. Pretty much one of those. Am I? You know that? You know? Are, are we in? Are we in the? Because I think we were in Alice's office for 
maybe two days mm-hmm. doing all the fight stuff and the different versions of the fight stuff. So there's always versions, versions, versions. <laughs> so once you get into that, that, that rhythm, um, it was just about, you know, keeping your eye on the ball and mm. knowing where you were. So again, it, in a way, it's not like any other job, but it is like every other job mm. because you've just got to do your own work. You know, you, just, you can't go into anything blindly. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to trip up. <laughs> um, you've said in previous interviews, and you mentioned that you don't really watch your own stuff. Did you make an exception for Bandersnatch? I guess not. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, no. Not been tempted to Not yet. Take no, the path? no, no. Because I've got such good memories right. of of filming it. Um, and I'm quite in a happy place at the moment. I don't really want to get all upset by watching it because it's really grim and dark. <laughs> watching yourself die uh, a lot. myself die a lot. Are you quite critical of your own performance? Do you? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Oh. I would, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what I would be able to gain from it apart from picking it to pieces. In fairness, there are no mistakes. You're flawless in it. So. Well, <laughs> you don't have to say that, but you're very, very kind. <laughs> um... Our producer, Dan, described you as a chameleon actor flowing between comedy, drama, and villain. Very good villain as well. Terrify the hell out of me. Uh, what roles do you prefer? Is there any you gravitate towards? No, just ones I'm lucky enough to get given, yeah. really. Um, but, you know, I started off in comedy. All my mm. stuff, all my earlier stuff and all my influences growing up as a kid um, was all comedy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I, I graduated from drama school and then I stopped get, getting into telly and I was doing little bits in comedies. So I was, there was an old culture called people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was doing little bits of episodes, like I did an episode of black books. And so I was sort of in that on the outskirts of the comedy world, really. Um, and then it sort of changed l- like that. Really. I did a, an ITV drama where I was playing twins and they were really evil. <laughs> And then everybody just went, ah, oh, he's good at doing evil, give him evil stuff. Fair um, enough. But no, I, I'm, I feel very lucky. You know, if everything all stopped tomorrow, I'd be very happy with what's gone on. Does it make career. you sort of a more well-rounded actor having done all of those things? Or, or is there a point to specialising? Um, you never stop learning, never stop working hard on something because then that's only how you get to learn more and more. Mm-hmm. But I'm always fascinated so I think that's why I'm still excited of doing what I do and why I love what I do because I, I do find it all fascinating. Brilliant. Um, and I love how comedy's changed and I love the intricacies of comedy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say I gravitate towards comedy more than anything, but um, no, I, I, it's really hard. It's really, <laughs> I just kind of love it all, man. I, I just love it. I think one of the first things I said on uh, this podcast is when I first watched Bandersnatch within the first few minutes, I must have had in my head a previous role you've done mm. um, because as soon as your voice came in and you were being a caring dad, but I was instantly like, oh, I don't like him. He's going to do something. I don't like Yeah, him. I know. I but don't the thing know is, why. He's really trying his best I know. to be a good dad. Especially my first playthrough in maybe just the first couple of scenes, I was like, okay, what's he up to? Mm. And then after a while, I'm like, no, no, no. He's just a lovely dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's dealing with a very ill son. Like, yeah, depending on which version you. you well, you true, out, yeah, true. Or he, or is he? Is he a is sinister? He? Why is he locking that door? <laughs> but no, I think that's the 
you know, genius of the, the whole casting process of who they've got. Mm. Yeah. Um, if you could go back to any previous gig you've done or one you want to do and make it interactive, like apply the Bandersnatch method. Oh, God, no. Can you imagine? <laughs> My God. Imagine it would line be of, more work Imagine for you. Line of Duty a la Bandersnatch. <laughs> yeah. My I don't God. That would be even duty. more traumatic. Yeah. Um, oh, God, no, no, no. I'd leave that well alone. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, did you expect Bandersnatch to be such a worldwide phenomenon? Was What was it like to kind of watch that unfolding? Especially the way the launch was sort of staggered because we saw it, then I think America saw it, and then... <laughs> You know, there was the wave of people watching that. Mm, um, kind of nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, I'd heard rumours um, that, it, that it was going to just just land on Netflix on a certain date. And I was, I'd just finished work on the 23rd, so I was kind of all in my Christmas. The fire was on. I was eating lots of food. I was with the family, relaxing. Uh, and then I'd heard a rumour that it was going to do. And then all of a sudden my Twitter feed just went absolutely mental on the 28th. <laughs> and now nearly every day um, I'll get a, an apology going, I'm so sorry I had to chop you up. I'm sorry. I told my wife not to do it. You seem like a good fella. But <laughs> we've just buried you in the garden. I'm like, it's fine. You don't need to apologise. <laughs> you made the choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been very exciting to see it to see it all sort of blow up like that. And I, and I, lo- I love that there's no fanfare mm. with Black Mirror. They just go, there it is. There you go. Run with it. Mm. Yeah, and then people kind of build their own kind yeah, of, their of own course. marketing, their own big and thing. And sometimes, you know, films, and we see it time and time again, films and television shows get overhyped and over-publicised. Yeah. And people's expectations just go up and up and up and up mm. and up. And then when we're actually watch it, you go, oh, it's a bit, I feel a bit deflated now. I was expecting a lot more than that. Or a trailer gives everything away. Exactly. And it's kind Whereas of like, what's this, the point? You just go, right, there you go. You run with it and uh, report back to us. Let us know what you think. The interactive format. So it's popular in video games and uh, it will arguably become more mainstream after Bandersnatch. Uh, what do you, what do you think mean on the- telly? Yeah. So what do you think the uh, upsides, uh, and or, well, the good and bad of that kind of format as a viewer? So leaving the decisions up to the audience rather than a director, I suppose, the director's doing all the experiences. But what do you think of the pros and cons of it? Do you think it works? Well, I, you say, I, you know, it's going to become popular. I'm not sure it will. Do you think it's just an interesting experiment, but I it's think done? It, I think it's a, a really interesting and successful experiment, what, what they've done mm. here. Um, it's a lot of hard work for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, so it, I don't know if it will, but if it did, it would be very interesting to see how it would work with other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm honest. No, it's fair enough. Um, would you do another interactive experience project? If someone else called and went, we've got a... If someone else called, yeah. no, I only trust Charlie and Annabelle with really? stuff like this. Yeah, no, because they've got it all sewn up. You know, because of Charlie's past of reviewing yeah. video games, you need someone who's watertight with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying there isn't other people out there that are. You're saying he was the sort of the perfect alignment of, with his video game background, the games journalism stuff, and the solid writing. Yeah. You know, it kind of can, you know, yeah, meets I think to make. So. Yeah, because perfect. all you want to do as an actor is step onto set and know 
that everybody you're working with that you can you can trust yeah. your director and trust your producers so you can fall and if you make a mistake they go yeah that's not right well let's let's fix this mm-hmm. so it's all about trust um so i suppose if i trusted somebody enough yeah. Then, then yeah, of course, I'd do something like that again. What if they called? What if they said, Bandersnatch 2, <laughs> the Bandersnatching? Oh, my God. I don't know if I, don't know if I could, uh, <laughs> if my, my heart... Dad returns. If my heart and my mind could, uh, could or, or my body could, could take it, mentally or physically, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you have your own podcast, the Two Shot Pod. What's, yeah. uh, what's the quick pitch? How would you explain that to viewers who hadn't heard it before oh nice nice terrible cut that (laughs) cut that bit out um i suppose long-form conversations about the human condition about people um and i talk to all sorts of creatives whether they're actors poets musicians writers artists um but with actors and i've i have hardly any rules on the podcast at all but the one rule I do have with actors is that we don't really talk about work we don't really talk about jobs we don't get into the nitty gritty of that because uh, it's not very interesting I'm more interested in the people and what makes them tick and about their life um, more about the humanity rather than well the, yeah, yeah and yeah the human condition and it's uh, it's brutally honest it's very honest yeah, it's very <laughs> honest they're really good honestly if you get a chance do check it out. Um, it's not quite... I mean, it's an interview format, but it's less interview, more conversational. Did you go into it going, it's going to be a chat? Or, or did you? Or did yeah. it start off, you had a more formalised approach and you changed it? Well, no, I mean, on the first episode, I sort of had notes and, and points because I didn't know what I was doing, really. And it was the first time I'd done it. Um, and I, what I was doing, I was listening to a lot of podcasts that I didn't really like and I thought weren't very good. So I went, right, well, I'm not going to do it like that. I don't know how what mine's going to be like, but I ain't going to do that. Um, was Oz in there? <laughs> no, I hadn't listened. No, no, of course it wasn't. Um, so, the, yeah, the only rule I had was that I didn't want it to be the normal sort of Q&A mm. that you would find in in other podcasts or any other interviews. Because if you're going to do something that connects with people it's got to have a personal level to it mm-hmm. and I think that's what I really wanted so it just took a bit of time to find my voice really. yeah but it does well, after it? about 85 episodes now um, <laughs> you think you're yeah, almost there I think I'm almost there yeah <laughs> um, who haven't you had on Two Shot Pod that you'd love to get on there oh, it's a very, I've been asked this question a fair few times it changes a lot <laughs> um, and somebody, the last time somebody asked me it I went, you know what? No, I'm, I, I feel, very, first of all, I feel very lucky with the the people that we get on, mm. whether they're well-known in their field or not. The stories that people tell are incredible and kind of blow me away a lot. Um, I'd love to talk to Kate Bush. Oh, what a good choice. Because, you know, she's so elusive and very rarely does any yeah. sort of interview. Um, so she would be very high on my she list. She must have some great stories. Well, we'd just get to know who the real Kate Bush is because nobody knows. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that. 
I mean, I like her music. I'm not a massive fan. My wife is a big fan. I, I'm not a huge fan, I, I, but I don't. I, I love the stuff that I know, but I'm not a Kate Bush nerd. But I'm fascinated with her as a person, mm. you know. So she would be high up on my list. Yeah. Would that fascination end if you interviewed her though? No. No. It would only deepen. Yeah, yeah. It would only deepen. Yeah, yeah. it would be great. <laughs> Brilliant. Can you imagine? Wow. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine some of the stories you must have. You must don't make them up because they might be they might be not true. You say, <laughs> and uh, and what made you uh, want to start a podcast? Because you are clearly a very busy actor. <laughs> well, um, it was a time where I was listening to a lot of podcasts and I was learning a lot from all sorts of different podcasts. And I thought it's such a fantastic medium to mm. be. Uh, immediate and be creative and it was a time when I felt a bit stagnant I suppose in my acting career the scripts that I was receiving weren't connecting with me and I I very rarely do anything for the sake of doing it it has to really mean something to me or speak to me in a way that sounds really wanky doesn't it I don't don't mean it like that I mean if I'm gonna go to work and and work really hard at something I want it to be the best it can be. Yeah. If, if, and if even on the paper it doesn't connect with me, then what's the point? Somebody yeah. else will be able to do a better job of well, that. Well, it might talk to them in I a way do. that yeah, it didn't talk exactly. to you. So it was a point where I didn't have anything to do. And I'm I'm one of these, I always need something to do. Otherwise, I'm a right pain in the arse. Um, so I spoke to, I had an idea for it. And I spoke to my friend, Vicky McClaw, who I was working with at the time. And our mutual friend, Joe Gilgans, mm-hmm. very good friend, was a producer. So I spoke to Joe and I linked up with Thomas Griffin and we met in a pub in Manchester. It was the first time we'd met. Oh, hello, I've got this idea. We'd spoken on on email. He liked where I was coming from. And then it was just a case of whittling down like 30 names that we'd come up with for the podcast over a few hours in the afternoon. And then we got cracking. Um, <laughs> and... Not only have we built the podcast, we've built our working relationship and our friendship because we didn't know each other. And that's kind of scary when you're Mm -hmm. just starting out. But luckily, doing what what I do for a living, you're thrust into relationships with people on first day that you've never met before all the time. (laughs) So you have no choice by having trying to get on with somebody. Um, I guess you kind of put yourself out there quite yeah, a bit you just straight off go, the bat to be like... This is me, but you have yeah. to be sensitive to other people. Otherwise, you just come across as quite bombastic and obnoxious and that's awful. <laughs> you go, I don't want to work with that what? person. Some people <laughs> make a career out of it, I suppose. I'm, I'm sure they do. I, <laughs> I certainly haven't met any of those people. Um, so yeah, that's where it started, man. Oh, brilliant, man. Um, so what projects have you got coming up that you are allowed to talk about? That I'm allowed to talk about. Um, I assume you just have stacks of NDAs. I do. Um, there's a film coming out that I've got a very tiny little part in with Jesse Buckley called cool. Wild Rose. Cool. Um, I think that comes out in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a Sky series that I'm finishing on, an ITV series. And I've just finished working. When's this going out? Possibly. We've got the nod. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out. We were talking about it earlier. Oh, it gets announced next week, but it's fine. I'm doing. I've just done an episode with Matt Berry for his new comedy show oh, for Channel Four, which is very exciting. Yes. Sorry, that's my Matt Berry question. 
It was awful. Yeah, me and one of my colleagues do it to each other all the time. With Matt Berry impressions back and forth. They're both awful. But Everybody's got an impression in them, aren't they? I can just say, Guane. That's, that's <laughs> the best thing from his advert. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, ah, from your podcast, I've heard you're a massive cinemaphile. What is some of your favorite films? Oh, I'll tell you what. I very rarely get to go to the cinema because I don't live in London anymore. And in the countryside, it's quite hard making <laughs> time with, with children and whatnot. Um, but before Christmas, I went to see Roma at yeah. the Curzon and it's got lovely sound there. And the sound design of that film kind of blew me away. It really added to, to the experience. And it was, I think it was two o'clock mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon. And it was chock a block. Oh, really? I absolutely could. I got the last seat. Oh, wow. And it was usually, I don't like going to the cinema at night time because I don't like sitting near loads of people. I kind of want the experience from my own. And it, I can hear someone's rustling or the, the glimmer of somebody's phone. Oh, and I, I, I would sooner just sort of leave. I can't have it. So under normal circumstances, a packed cinema would put me off. Mm-hmm. But there was so much respect and love for this film on this wet Saturday afternoon in December. It was a really lovely thing. So that's the last thing I saw and that really blew me away. I've got to really catch up on my films. I've got so many to catch up on. It's just finding the time. Of course. As everything is. <laughs> well, true, but you have a pretty valid excuse. I mean. uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, although Bandersnatch can uh, be light, with sort of comedy moments. Mm. Uh, we've agreed that I'm defrosting mints is a standout line. Top line. <laughs> um, did, did, how did you like not just piss yourself laughing, like delivering that? Well, I don't know. It'd be quite narcissistic, wouldn't it? To, to laugh at yourself doing something funny. And you know, you don't see comedians going, Oh, it's so funny myself laughing there because of my line was really fun. But you know, you can't do that. I just, it's a very just, good delivery. It's, well, it's, you just have to go, you, you have to, if you played that as a comedic line, yeah, it would cease to be funny. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to play it that that's what he's doing. And I think he had a fag on the go as well. Yeah, he just, and he's just wowed just by the microphone. So disgusting, man. And he's trying to just cook and sm- uh, That's what, because I, I don't smoke anymore. I gave up a long time ago. So you're prepping oh. this food in the 80s and you've got a fag on the go. Everything about it I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but as I say, yeah, you, you've got to play the truth in everything. Um, yeah, it is absolutely one of our, our favourites here. Um, I think that is uh, all our questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so how long was that? Uh, general, 30 minutes. Wow, God, that went Pro. super fast. Pro. <laughs> no, I thought they were. I thought they were really interesting questions, and they didn't sort of. They were. They didn't um, delve too much into it to kind of rip it apart or mm. take any magic away from it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that's what what you did really well. <laughs> Thank you. And you and you listen well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah. One other question that I just want to put in. So can we edit it back in? Sorry. <laughs> Craig. Yes. Sugar puffs or frosties? Now, this is quite a contentious point. So mm. do think about your answer. Well, if there would, it had been a third option and it was crunchy nut, obviously I'm going crunchy nut all the oh, way. Heresy. Heresy. Right. But because of where we are. In the timeline. In the timeline. I'm going frosties. Oh, controversial, shall we say? It's very controversial. It's got to be sugar puffs. It's got to be. 
They make your pee smell weird. I mean, you know, what else do you need from a cereal? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not even done yet. Not even done. I just had to add that question in as... Uh... <laughs> Uh, again, thank you to Craig. Please check out his podcast. Uh, we've given you the knowledge. We've set you free. Um, and that's it for this episode. Once again, thank you to Craig. And please like and subscribe to our podcast. Don't uh, hesitate to check out our Twitter at, at Black Mirror. Oh, God. <laughs> Words. <clears throat> Don't worry. I'm there. <laughs> also, please like and subscribe and check out the podcast and our oh god words also please like and subscribe to the podcast and leave comments uh, please don't hesitate to check out our twitter at at black mirror c r r r so black mirror crrr. uh black mirror cracked we'll be right back get there in the end oh my god honestly sometimes i give up if i'm recording at home an intro and outro it's weird the things that trip you up oh sometimes i go oh i just said that and i just move on and keep it but if it completely falls apart yeah yeah i just stop and have a break